last time on Almost Heroes. So we open with the group standing before a large skeletal two-headed dragon. And we end up jumping right into combat as it begins clawing at Cosmo and Rangrim, nearly knocking Cosmo unconscious again. Glenn begins using some of his magic to charm the beast so we can coordinate our attacks when Rangrim decides to reach out to his new gods, the Battle Rager and the Oath Keeper, to aid them in the battle against this monstrosity. The gods do both intervene in their spectral forms and rush past Rangrim and remove the heads of this once two-headed dragon and move to Cosmo, restoring his health fully and bringing him back to his feet. Upon inspecting the skulls of this now dead skeletal dragon, we notice one is bronze and one is silver, and that there is a large, strange crystal that is charged with the same energy that we've been seeking to extinguish. We then begin to hear disembodied voices from what we now assume to be Silverstream and Bronzeguard. We learn that they were fused together into this form uh, by none other than the dragon Goldbreak, who we were actually seeking as a potential ally in this forge. While letting that information sink in, uh, Rangrim begins taking some of the metal from these metallic dragons. Cosmo and Glynn pull the large crystal out of the magma, not wanting to leave it totally unguarded. Glynn has Poe, his trusty familiar stand watch, while we make our way up to the forge. Rangrim excitedly begins to light the forge, and upon getting the forge burning, the entire space is filled with light, and the large door, previously locked with the sun and moon symbols, appears to unlock itself. And as Cosmo reaches out to open the door, it opens itself as Melvin steps through. Thank you very much, Dan. That brings us to episode 117, Reforging. So when we last left our Almost Heroes, the three of you had at long last cleansed the legendary Dwarven Dawnforge of its corruption, and in doing so, had unlocked the fabled Dwarven Vault of Masterclass Weapons. So as the Dawnforge door slides open in front of you, you recognize the hulking Warforged form of Melvin Strongtoe silhouetted in the doorway. Uh, the Behind them, uh, you see a vault that is backlit. Uh, basically, he's, he's backlit by the golden glow of innumerable pieces of dwarven masterwork of all disciplines. Um, so, like, as basically you see Melvin uh, standing in front of you in, in his kind of like this uh, this gilded, massive warforged form that's covered in these, like, um, basically the face on the front is like a, a statue of Moradin. Um, and then same with both pauldrons. And uh, Melvin, who's just kind of like steps through the doorway, barely able to fit, uh, is just kind of blinking at you with, with kind of like the, you can hear the metal like clacking together as he does so. Just, oh, well, that was unexpected. When I saw that the vault had unlocked, I had no idea what I'd find on the other side, but this is a pleasant surprise. You're quite a sight for sore eyes. And he uh, kind of moves through and uh, just like, I think, scoops up the three of you in like a bone crushing hug um, that uh, I'm going to say, let's take, uh, uh, you all take four points of damage as uh, Melvin uh, kind of like gives you like a rib cracking hug um, and uh, is just kind of holding, uh, holding the three of you uh, up in the air um, in his, in his massive embrace. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I go down. That was how much health I had left. 
I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> what a way to go, though. Really, like it. You know, <laughs> just died. Died as he lived. It's instantly killed. Uh, yeah, coughing. I think Glenn's like, uh, Melvin, good to see you too. It's been a busy day. Can you put us down? Oh, so sorry. I, I forget my own strength sometimes. And he, uh, he <laughs> kind of drops, uh, opens his arms up and kind of like sets you all, uh, back it down onto the ground. Uh, your ribs all kind of, uh, hurting and, uh, kind of creaking as, <laughs> as you are, uh, settled back down to the floor. Um, yeah, he's just, he's looking at you all, uh, just kind of in, in amazement <laughs> and looking around this, uh, this now like illuminated, uh, Dawnforge that, I mean, as far as you know, either Melvin's never been to or has not been to in a very, very long time. Well, uh, I mean, we did it. Uh, wh- what now? That's, uh, I mean, yes, I, I would, I would love to congratulate the three of you. You seems like you have, uh, accomplished your journey. I, I, I mean, I know that this is, um, I'm sure that you've been toiling away and, uh, I mean, I, I know that it's, it's, it's taken, you know, some time, but I, I mean, all of your hard work is, uh, has, has, you know, you've accomplished what you set out for. I, congratulations on your journey's end. We've done it. Well, I mean, I'm glad that this, this part of our journey is, is definitely, uh, complete, but, um, Truth be told, we kind of happened on the Dawnforge. Uh, we were looking to try and restore uh, Goldbreak. Is really the main purpose of coming city. into this chamber. Is no. there, has there something that's befallen the city of Goldbreak? No, no, the dragon, Goldbreak, the dragon is was is alive, and um, well, we kind of thought that he was here. I see. It's it is confusing uh, that there are two. I two. There's a location and also a dragon that are named after the same thing. And if, if I'm not mistaken, a family as well. Someone should have thought that through. But um, I'm I'm. It's, I, I I to be to be honest. I I don't know much about. This sounds like quite a conundrum uh, that you're in. I I don't know if how much I can help, but. I think that I, anything that I could do uh, with the Dawnforge Awakened, there are some potent magics uh, that will now be at your disposal. Powerful magic. Yeah, that's, what, that's exactly uh, what, what I'm hoping, uh, Mr. Melvin, there, sir. Well, as you know, the three of us, since we're saviors of the forges, uh, what, what we have access to? All three of us, not just Cosmo, right? Um, <laughs> He uh he kind of turns uh he kind of you see him kind of give like a, a little a uh, little smirk and uh turns uh like turns back behind him and kind of waves his arm in a wide arc um and you know kind of the the points to the gleaming uh room behind he goes now of course I'm I would be I'm not going to let you just plunder this this, this uh stash of of magi- ma- uh, <clears throat> masterwork items but if I think it would only be fitting if you were to want to borrow a few pieces, I there is uh, these these items that reside within this vault are the lineage of <laughs> the kind of the the history of so many dwarven craftsmen that 
this was their legacy that they left behind, hey? The most <laughs> potent dwarven artifacts uh, exist within this room. I'm sure that you'll be able to find pieces that will help you on your quest to be loaned, of course, and returned in, in at some point. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, sure, totally, yep. In addition, now that the Dawn Forge has been relit, anything that is, any of the items that you crafted at the Dusk Forge, if you were to go through the forging process again and do the final forging on the anvil above, they would not only be imbued with the powers of the Dusk Forge, but they would be imbued with those powers during the day, as well as additional powers as well. I think it might be worth some, at least worth some of your time to spend some time finalizing those forged weapons. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you bet your big metal butt we doing that, Melvin. That's for sure. I think Glenna has like already started pulling items out of his bag, like making room for the wall of items behind Melvin. Dumping just shit like, onto the on, ground. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Some old triscuits, just like a bunch of stuff that's like old rations. <laughs> Tony yes. Tony was in there the whole time. We just couldn't hear him. He was underneath everything. <laughs> you throw him right into the forge, he melts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like Terminator 2. As, as Glenn's dumping all this stuff out, he's uh, going to look to Melvin, or probably not even looking at him, just assessing what he can can't get rid of. Um, he says, uh, is there anything in there that you might, you know, recommend for uh, an Elvin? Uh, compatriot, I don't really want to go diving through any sacred dwarven wares that seems a little sacrilegious, but I will I'll happily take a gift from a, a dwarven compatriot if if anybody's willing to pick one out, but I think everything's be kind of small in the armor department, so maybe stick away from that. Don't be rocking short shorts when we uh, run into gold break. Um uh yeah, so I think that Melvin uh kind of um, turns uh, turns around and kind of walks back through the doorway again. Like, just I think that this is like an inch on either side. It's, Melvin is a, is a very uh, very sturdy figure, um, and uh, walks back into the room. And I, I do the three of you follow into the like the the forge vault. Lynn goes to the doorway and does not go inside the dwarven vault. Okay, I'm um, definitely watching everything, but Co Cosmo would follow. Yeah. Don't know yeah, Ringer would follow for sure. Okay. That's how you die. Idiots. Have you learned the nothing? Room, <laughs> the room itself <laughs> is interesting. Um, so when you walk in, um, this, this space is massive and there are um, essentially like, it's kind of tiered. So you can see that there are stairs that are going up and out on each level. There are, um, there are like pieces of like literally everything, everything you can see, like not just weapons, not just armor, but like there are tools, there are like pieces of like you know automatons there's like war forging there's like literally like uh like a tinkering like there's literally every single uh, discipline of craftsmanship that is in this place there's pottery like there's 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 literally everything and it, it's all made out of metal um but there's like every discipline of of items you could be creating that you could be a master in your craft at is in this room um down to like the smallest little things like there's literally a master craft needle on the wall like there's there's literally everything that you could do um and it like it's all represented here in these 
in this room. Um, and like I said, there's kind of tear going up the, the walls. And as you're walking into this room that is just like glowing um, on like underneath this kind of like torchlight uh, that is like just everything's glowing with like either gold or silver or platinum um, and its materials. Um, you can, I mean, I think the, one of the things you're struck by immediately is that you enter through one door and then there is kind of like, it's just kind of a straight walkway. And on the other side, you can see that there's another door and through that door, you can see that there is another forge that is lit. And as you look at it, just for a couple seconds, you can tell that that is the Dusk Forge. That is the Dusk Forge is through this room and there this, this, this uh, vault, it lives in some place between the two where like you can, uh, you basically have a one-way passage, or not one-way, but like a, you can essentially travel across a call now um, be, and show up where the Dawn Forge is um, through this vault, um, which is which is awesome, um, except for the fact that, uh, you know, that would be pretty far away from where you want to uh, be going right now, but it's good Maybe. to know. Um, but at, yeah, as you walk into this room, uh, you can see that uh, there, aside from the kind of tiered steps uh, and all the Mastercraft items, um, you can see that there are tables uh, in the room as well that are kind of set off to one side. Um, and there also are what seem to be uh, like incredibly well created, like, like created, crafted, um, almost look like lockers, like that are that are built into the wall itself. Um, it, similar to like the, this little like table and locker area almost looks like what you would see in like a um a room for uh like where employees would like get like a common room kind of situation or like a like a um i, I can't think of the word right now i haven't worked in office in an incredibly long time wherever the microwave's at the break room. <laughs> the break room there you go um so it's it's, some, it's kind of a, a break room kind of uh, vibe is what you're getting from this little area um as you're walking in you can see that there are uh, there are different like dwarven names on these lockers um that have who knows how long they've been there. Um, but uh, Melvin is walking through the room and he's kind of looking around and goes, oh yes, Glenn, I, I think that there are, I mean, several items. I I see that you use a, uh, a double-bladed scimitar. That's, I'm sure that we can, and he's kind of pointing up at the wall and you can see that there is like a beautiful, like uh, double-bladed scimitar. It is shorter for sure. It's like kind of like a little bit smaller, but you can see the blades are, are like wider almost like a Gladius style. Like they seem like they would do like be a lot like sturdier in, in doing the damage. Um, you can also see, I mean, he's pointing around and like pointing at bows and uh, and also like just like there's a whole like a whole wall of like different kinds of daggers that are different thicknesses uh, and different sizes. Some look like they're meant more for throwing. Um, some look like they're a little bit sturdier and designed for like, you know, slashing. Um, but I mean, literally any any item that you could be looking for uh, is is represented in this room. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's kind of a uh decision paralysis uh moment. Is there anything in particular that anyone's uh looking at or, or interested in um any kind of artifact um or do you have any questions for Melvin about these items? Um I think Cosmo uh would look at Melvin and just say, "Do you, are there any um are there any suits of armor?" Oh uh, yes, of course. As I would say that that is one of the most common artifacts that we have had people create. It actually got to the point where we had to kind of tell them maybe don't do so many armors, do something else potentially, because there's just so many. And he's like pointing to uh, a corner of the room where like there is just like uh, it's laid out in the way where it's like kind of the the helmet 
the chest plate and then like the legs and then um, kind of the side of that you can see shields and whatever else. But like there are a number of different armors made out of like a number of different materials, some of which are like, like one of the ones you see first is like, I think Cosmo, you, you recognize it immediately as uh, a uh, like, it's it's like a Golden Grim style armor. It's actually similar kind of in the, in the construction um, to the armor that uh, the Melvin's in, but like on a much smaller scale. And it's just, it's like gold gilded head to toe. Um, and you can see that the pauldrons have like the, uh, the Morden pauldrons um, and like just like a very like kind of dwarven rigid, very like angular in its design um, and also looks incredibly heavy. Uh. Uh, Cosmo, that definitely catches Cosmo's eye, and there's, what about, um, what's that, what's that one? Ah, yes, that's, uh, I believe that was crafted by, uh, a member of the pilgrimage who was, uh, previously a, uh, a guard over at, uh, a soldier of, um, in Goldengrim, and, uh, as far as I know, that's, uh, any of the items in here are going to be at the master work level, which means they are going to be plus three with, uh, with essentially any any defense that they will provide. Um, I mean, I don't feel I uh, need the helmet. Not really much of a helmet dwarf. Uh, but ironic. Uh, I feel like if anybody should, it should be you. Karmic World's got to have a lot of head smashing. I was going to say, you, you've been smashing a load of heads, mate. Maybe you should uh, Get high protect that supply. cabbage up there. I know, but it... Uh, Can it's... I use my pick to make sure he gets a helmet? Am I allowed to do that? Just shut I'll, down. I'll tell you what. I'll take it with me, and uh, I'll keep it in my bag for uh, the right occasions. Eh? <laughs> what if we have, like, a really cool, like battle call where you yell like helmet and then Poe flies in and like drops it on your head and then you're just like straight into it we could we could tie that, it that's that's pretty sick Cosmo I don't I, I could carry it it could be like on my back they're like holy shit there's this hardcore elf with this gnarly dwarven helmet but I don't really uh helmet this guy up front I don't really like Poe above me too much these days that's fair that's fair he's, I dropped, can, I... he's dropped enough on me already I'm, I'm good <laughs> just close your eyes you'll be fine uh anyways yes we'll figure that out on the uh on the road then but um i think i, I think i'd like that if i could of course and i i trust that you all will treat these artifacts with the respect and uh the respect that they deserve so uh, he kind of walks up the um the tiers taking the stairs and walks over to it and kind of uh steps on a um what looks like a, like a a small uh, cylinder that's kind of at the base of it and as he does uh, you see these like the items that were essentially the the pieces that were coming out of the wall and holding it uh, kind of retract and he uh, takes the helmet and then the uh, the the chest plate and the the legs of the armor um, and you know kind of the boots and and basically picks them up in his arms uh, as gingerly as he possibly can um, and walks them down to you and kind of presents them to you one, one piece at a time and Cosmo they are very heavy like these are these when it when when it comes to like heavy armor like these things are are plus three for a reason um and mm -hmm. so i think um i mean it, you're not going to take any disadvantage to anything like that aside from the the normal disadvantage that comes from uh plate armor um but yeah i mean this is this is some serious heavy duty dwarven armor 
I think he I think he takes it with uh he's kind of like it feels like a rite of passage for him and he's he's kind of wear worn the same suit of armor for almost this whole campaign and um stinky in there. Yeah, no, it never gets dirty. Never gets dirty. It doesn't <laughs> say it doesn't get smelly. That's that's fair. But he's a dwarf and that's fine. Um, so I think he has a very deep sense of reverence for uh, choosing another set of armor. So yeah, for sure. I mean, especially because the uh, the father that or the 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 armor that you are uh, taking off is uh, Freudian slip. There uh, was your father's armor, um, and so obviously it has like some you know some some real meaning to you. Um, so yeah, I think as you as you take off uh, as you kind of like doff your uh, your father's armor and the state cloud permeates through the room um, and kind of put the, <laughs> the put the armor away. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, and you know. Oh, oh wait, what is that? Oh, Glenda, you you let one go. Oh, Cosmo, that's just oh, you just been in there with that. Yeah, it had like know? a seal around it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Tupperware. Just, it's just been Dutch oven <laughs> in here. Has that been your aura of protection this whole time? Pretty much. <laughs> it's been a different wow. kind of protection, yeah. I understand oh why they had disadvantage when they're trying to hit us. I can't even <laughs> see anything. I can taste it. Is that DOS dogs? We haven't had DOS dogs in so long. Couldn't couldn't be. I uh, didn't uh, fancy the things. For the first time in year, nearly a hundred years that I'm I'm proud of the fact that I have no sense of smell. Yeah, you should Go chalk that one up as a W there, Melvin. Um, uh, but yeah, Cos- Cosmo, you have your uh, you have your new uh, your new shiny new armor. Melvin, you mentioned there's tools of all varieties. Um, I do two things. First, do you have any type of alchemist kit? Anything that was used to distill and concentrate? Uh, any type of chemical combinations. I see a lot of a glassware kind of over on that side, but I'm not sure if there's anything specifically for that here. Yeah, he's like, um, he, he kind of wa- looks around the room and uh, then you see him kind of just like, oh yes, and walks over. And uh, I think that there's a, um, uh, like a section that um, you can see that some things are in like, they're held in these like cases essentially. Think like uh, deal or no deal style, uh, like kind of hung on hooks. Um, and these kind of gilded cases that are incredibly intricately designed um, on the outside, just like full of dwarven runes. And as he kind of pulls one off, um, he brings it over to you and uh, kind of turns it towards you and opens it up. Um, and on the inside, you can see that there is just like a beautiful like glass and like gold uh, alchemist kit that is on the inside. Um, and uh, I'll just tell you that with this alchemist kit, you would have advantage on anything that you were trying to um, alchemize. Do you have like a like a box that I might be able to throw that in? That seems really fragile. Well, I mean, you can take the case itself. Oh, perfect. Uh, thank you. I will. I didn't know if this was part of like the the one item. Uh, and then all the items here are only dwarven made, or how did you guys land on criteria for what was allowed to come here? Yes. Um, historically, these the dawn and dusk forge have been. Pilgrim have been part of a pilgrimage of dwarven kind since 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, um, even before I was uh, before I was in this in this body, and before I was even uh, well, before Melvin Strongtoe even walked this earth. So, I, um, as far as I know, I'm I'm sure that there have been other uh, figures uh, from the books. I know that you've read through. I'm I'm sure there have been other races that have made the pilgrimage as well, but. It is few and far between, and uh, even fewer still that would, you know, create something of a quality that was worthy of this vault. Well, I think uh, to respect that tradition, I guess, uh, I'm not going to offer anything my friend here might be making, because I feel like, Rangram, some of your work should be in here at this point. I mean, show Melvin your hammer when you get a chance. That's going to scare the... Well, I don't know what's going to scare out of you, Melvin. I don't think you eat, but it'll definitely scare him. Uh, but I have yeah, another friend. Check this out, Melvin, and I'm going to toss it to him. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he catches it, um, kind of like fumbles it a little bit um, with his big hands, but then catches it and, just, and kind of rotates it in front of his face. Goes, this is this is quite wonderfully crafted. I. Uh, this is this is incredible work. Uh, well done. Don't, don't yeah, thank you. Yet. And I'm gonna recall it back to my hand and, back <laughs> and, put, and like stow it. Thank just God. Like, <laughs> just like, yep, uh, yep. I'm pretty good at this kind of stuff too. And he's kind of walking around a little bit with his chest puffed out. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's yeah. I'm not gonna stick that thing in the Smithsonian just yet. Um, but he uh, <laughs> Melvin Melvin kind of uh, like he's he definitely he can, he kind of notices your uh, your struggles. Uh, yes. Um, Rangram, it's your your work is incredible. I remember the work that you did uh, with the Dusk Forge when you were when we originally met. I I will say, and you may um, be even more impressed by the artifacts in here. That to craft an item that is worthy of the of the Master Vault, you are not allowed to use any sort of magic in the crafting. Oh, so these are just really really well made. Like that thing was. Two magic items jammed them together like a magic forge. So that was a oh yeah, I get, I get it, I get it. Wait, Rangrim, can you forge anything without magic? Oh uh, yeah. Or like all the Cosmo, time. Cosmo, have you have you seen him forge anything without magic? Um, I thought he forged without magic all the time. All the time. I feel like you're just repeating what he said, but okay, that's no, fine. What? No, like... Um, Can I do an insight check on Rangrim if he's ever forged without magic? In in our stead, in our presence? Yeah, for sure. Dan, do you remember? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's been in your presence, but... Um, Nat 20. Even Rangrim's, ar <laughs> even Rangrim's armor, I used magic to resize the original plate armor, but then I reforged it at the uh, Dust Forge. Yeah, I, I guess the Dust Forge isn't magic inherently. That's that's, it, that's like. not the use of magic. So, like, it, for example, like fabricate. it's magic inherently, but I'm not using magic like fabricate to do it. I was actually like, you know, banging the banging a hammer on an anvil and reforging it to add the uh, you that's know, the god juice to it. Both BK and Glenn were probably there, but BK definitely forgot. I was just calling you on your bullshit, uh, Ranger. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I do make a lot of stuff just like out of thin air sometimes. So just that's, submit, that's total, totally reasonable. Just submit one of your doorknobs. Those things are farts. Well, I, I didn't make those. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Boy, 
doorknobs to your hurdle. Uh, if I could make a potential contribution, I don't know if it's even viable now that magic is negated, but uh, I think technically minus spell trapped inside, this might not be magical. And Glenn's going to hand over the Feyfly from Pops. Oh, you say, yeah. I don't know if Pops ever going to get the chance to come through this pilgrimage. I'll definitely send him your way, Melvin. You've already met him once, but uh, Casey can't happily make a contribution to the uh, annals of time. Uh, yeah, I think that Melvin uh, kind of bends down and uh, gingerly takes the uh, the Feyfly and, and looks it over and um, like I, I think just inspecting it, um, you see him kind of look very closely at it and rotating his hand. Goes, this is incredibly intricate work. I would, I, I would, I will, would certainly say that this is uh, within the realms of what we would expect from a master class piece of craftsmanship. I, who's uh, you said uh, pops? I yes, I I met them. Uh, I met them before. They. Uh, little crazy shifting one, yeah. Yes, that was uh, very confusing. I, 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 and the story behind it. Wow, that was even, uh, even more incredible. You asked. That is so incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, I know yes, it's been a it while was... since you've like been interacting with people, but you can't just ask those kinds of things. To be fair, I have been on by myself for quite some time, and uh, the the intricacies of social interaction have been lost upon me. As, I mean, you uh, never know if they were cursed as a child or if, you know, they're stuck between two planes. I mean, there's really just so many things that could go wrong in this crazy world of ours. You gotta, gotta be more sensitive to those kinds of things. I will, I will admit, I, of course, it could have been any of those things, but I will admit it's, it's quite a thrilling tale. And, uh, of course, I wouldn't tell you it myself. I'll let them, uh, I'll let them do it at some point. I will, uh... Probably never follow you up on that because again, I've never asked something so personal. But good to good to know. I'm glad you guys spent some time together. But yeah, that was that's Pop's work. So if you have to, I don't know if you guys make little plaques or you write it down in a book somewhere. But that's, yeah, that's Pop's handiwork. I think there's probably both. I think that there's a probably a large tome that's uh, probably prominently displayed in the room, um, as well as like plaques underneath all the items that are uh, represented on pedestals or hung on the walls. Um, and I, I think that uh, Melvin, um, and Melvin, looking, at you, he goes, "Are you are you saying you'd like to leave this piece here? It's something you no longer need." Uh, I mean, we got to bring these items back eventually. So, if anything, it's a leave one, take one kind of thing. But just in case Pops can't make his own contribution to uh, the halls, I think it's appropriate. Best well, craftsman I've ever met, minus this guy, but always using magic. So, I think he uh, he nods uh, nods to you and uh, taking the faith lie gingerly in his hand uh, goes over and um, scrawls. Uh, I don't think I've ever. Well, no. Okay, so I, I pops does have a full name, which is uh, Snap Crackle Pops, and so he writes the full name uh, into uh, into the book, um, and then uh, kind of like. As he kind of finish, finishes writing it, uh, you see the the plaque beneath, or the uh, the plinth that the book is uh, on. Uh, you see a a little. Uh, there's like a little slot in there, and you see a a little like brass plaque that kind of like 
drops out the bottom uh, and he kind of catches it in his hand um, and walks over to an empty spot. Um, and uh, essentially, like, I think he steps on the floor and you see this pedestal raise out of it. Um, and he sets the Faithfly onto it and kind of like adheres this little brass plaque to it that says uh, Snap Crackle Pops. Love it. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's looking around the room and looking over at, uh, well, now looking at Rangrim expectantly. He goes, well, your friends have all taken items. Is there anything that interests you? I know that you are, as you, as, as you very well know, I know that you are quite a accomplished craftsman so i wouldn't uh you know i wouldn't hold it against you if you would be just prefer to make something yourself yeah i got some i got some plans emma i think i might need your help of course i'm <laughs> i'm more than happy to i to be honest i uh i i you know i need to catch up on my my stories after this but i haven't been doing much since aside from just making sure that the uh the dawn for the dusk forge is kept, uh, you know, well maintained. Yeah. So, uh, Glenn's going to help you too, isn't that right, Glenn? Yeah. Um, helping hands. We 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 have a plan, and we just need Mister Muscles like you to make it happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangrim, do you want to start or? Um. So I mean, Rangrim's definitely going to try to. I want to make some stuff, do some stuff with that, the metal dragon bone juice that we got. Uh, but all right, hold on, come here for a minute, Melvin. And it's just going to be like a, we're going to montage. He's drawing a picture like there's an eighties montage happening while I was like planning. He's like putting like pins in a board and then he's like yelling at Glenn for some reason. We're going to the planning stage. Cosmos in the background doing uh, like punching meat or something for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Running upstairs. Breaking eggs. Yeah. But um, basically what, what I'm getting is I wanted to see get Melvin to assist me in, well, basically give the main plan to Melvin and have Glenn assist him in rebuilding the cart. Wow. While okay. I was also... Uh, gonna be imbuing my armor and I think Glenn Scimitar. Adna Scimitar, yeah. Adna Scimitar. Correct. Although if you wanna throw some of that uh dragon bone metal on the one that Chandrell currently hangs out in, I'm sure she would like some extra extra protection there. Oh yeah, there's there's that's going around everywhere. That's why I made it a point to say that I was taking as much as I could physically carry. Well, I mean, and I will go downstairs and get more. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I we also left a giant soul stones downstairs, Mo, and you might want to bring that up at some point, because <laughs> that uh, we don't know what that'll do. Uh, downstairs? I, you mean the, the in the lower forge itself? Sure. Sure. There was, like, an expansion done um, while you were away, and they just never finished the other rooms. Basically I see. what it looks like. I, this is actually my first time here. I've never, I've never actually been to the Dawn Forge. Uh, so, aside from the fact that this room looks relatively similar, I don't know what the lower levels would look like. But it sounds like, from what you're saying, there's quite a mess to be cleaned up. So I will be quite busy. Well, we got to build this cart first. But also, do you think we should give him any kind of warning, or do you think it'd be more fun if he gets to just go experience it for the first time? Well, I mean. Uh... All the dragon parts are here. I mean, there's more dragon parts down there. I don't know if there's much 
much left to spoil. You remember where the forge is in the grand scheme of geography, right? Yeah, something like that. All right. Yeah, Melvin, after you help me build a cart, you're going to have a journey. Just don't wander too far. I, I think he just kind of chuckles and goes, I have all the time in the world. And uh, kind of uh, it, it moves uh, moves in to help you. Um, I will say too, uh, so the I, I came up with a good idea for the, uh, the I guess the silver, whatever you're going to create or guild with the, uh, with the dragon, like, metals essentially the bronze and the silver um so feel free to change it but the the dragon combined uh which was silver stream and bronze guard dragons um i kind of named them silver guard and i figured that anything you cover in that it would be cool if it was like if you said it was covered in silver guard essentially silver guard i'm fine with that i love it i was actually going to pick your brain on like what we refer to this as because there's got to be some left over and I'm for, mm -hmm. I was going to say, I'm for sure going to put like two ingots of whatever it is into my inventory. So Silver Guard, awesome. if you'll allow it. Good, good, good game master, sir. I, I mean, you guys have, uh, there's not much I can do to stop you. I, unless I had this stuff just melt and turn into, oh no, it's been chocolate the whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't think that there's much I can do uh, because you have access to essentially an entire dead, massive gargantuan dragon that's down there so worth of material so um not much uh not much to be done about that i done i done dug myself that up my own hole there um but yeah um yeah so i essentially you're looking to have melvin assisting glenn with creating the cart and then rangrim you're gonna go about creating weapons and armor um i would say that right now it's probably like early morning too so you have like a full day ahead of you yeah Mostly the heavy lifting as far as the actual forging or creation of it would fall on Melvin, but Glenn is handy with the tinkering aspect of stuff as well. So yep. kind of they'd be like a working so Glenn, tandem to do that. Glenn's going to set this thing up. So like the forge that's in the back, since we never actually forged anything with it, he's just turning into like the most pops inspired, basically picture like a 70s RV and just the furnace workings to like keep those kinds of things warm that like that he just he's the back of the cart just looks like the inside of an rv like really there's some technology going into oh yeah this thing's all about comfort we're going up north again most likely like this thing is all about like okay we made do with some pillows and some blankets but like we we're starting from scratch let's just Sh make shape this wise Shape-wise, describe this to me. Are we talking covered wagon where it's rounded? Are we talking a big box? Like, give me, give me some, give me some descriptions of what the aesthetics of this thing looks like on the outside. How many windows are there? Like, what does this thing look like? Uh, it is a combination between a Winnebago and a short bus. Okay. So I'm picturing yes. the short bus. If it's the short bus, the low. So the, it doesn't the have the nose. The front? It, okay. Yeah, it's just basically cut off and still slightly shorter like it's still it just looks perfectly too small okay it's meant for like two or three people two dwarves an elf but it's like the inside is just completely comfort just it looks like the inside of like a 70s shagging wagon but it's a winnebago i love that you were like you know what you know what we want what shape we want to have for this this aerodynamic flying vehicle you. is a winnebago <laughs> like this <Yeah>. big <laughs> flying rectangle rectangle with all just no corners everything is just a big it's basically like you just hucked 
a um, a big Lego brick up in like a giant Lego brick and just like have that soaring mm-hmm. through the air. Um, you don't need aerodynamics in the air. What are you talking I about? I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, I mean, it's just like space. You know, it doesn't matter what shape it is. It doesn't need to be aerodynamic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I love it. Um, so you're sorry. You're, extra. You're, I, I had extra details. There are windows. Right. There's two on each side, but they're like kill ports in uh, castles. You know, it's just like a port that you can clo- open and close. It's literally just meant to wreak havoc on anything on the outside. And then there is a opening again on the top, but the opening on the top is purely to give Genevieve a place to look uh, until we have a another cannon to attach. But basically she's gonna R2D2 on top of the Winnebago while we're cruising around town. Dope, I love it. Yeah, so now she's above instead of below. Just screaming and shooting at nothing. <laughs> um, are you putting a hatch up to the roof or anything like that? I remember that was a thing that, like, last time, like, to, to be able to get up top, like, you kind of had to go around go the outside. Around. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be, like, the access point where, like, Glenn RP-wise could check on Genevieve. But, yeah, there's, like, two ports on the top and then two closable ones on the side as well. On I love it. Side. Any railings or anything like that up top for, uh, for, like, a little area? No. Okay. Good. So it's just dangerous up there. I love it. Um, it is just kind of wood. Yeah. <laughs> the dice decided. I, I didn't think about that, so I had to see if Glenn would. Um, awesome. I love it. Uh, so while you and Melvin are kind of working away on this, and you said it's kind of a combination of, um, I mean, most of the materials in here are going to be uh, the, you know, the metals, but like you do have the wood that the cart was like, essentially like is what is still constructed out of now. Um, so like, I, it sounds like you're kind of combining the best parts of the remaining pieces of the cart with the, um, you know, with, with the metals and things that are at your disposal here within the Dawnforge. Um, that's probably a good point. While Melvin starts and Glenn realizes he had a, Glenn's at a good stopping spot and Melvin's on track with what we need to do. Glenn's going to go get the donkeys and see if they're alive. And They're then, alive. great. And then he's going to bring them down with the cart, and I, then we'll do what you just said. I, I love that. So, what just I'm we just we need to do this scene real quick. So, um, you all hear, uh, like you hear, like a Glenn, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get the cart, and then you hear them like huffing and puffing, and like, as they come fire. in, it's like you hear the donkeys yelling at, like, at, and like, and kind of screeching, and uh, as they're running on this like incredibly hot walkway, <laughs> and Didn't then think about so. That. And then, and then Glenn brings a, uh, a lightly smoking uh, champagne and cologne, uh, as well as like a uh, the remain the remainder of your cart um, into the upper forge, uh, and is able to get it into the room. Um, but uh, yeah, everything's fine. But yeah, there was just a little bit of a little singed, a little singed. A bit. Yeah, super fair. Uh, and then yes, we continue with the plan. Um, I think Lynn would have told Melvin this, which inherently would make it to Rango eventually. Uh, RP metagaming. Uh, Lynn would leave the bandings on the wheels. He would like make sure uh, Melvin doesn't make those because right. our boy is about to forge new wheels. And Glenn would then make sure to remind Rangrim to forge new wheels here. That potentially would be able to fly 24-7. Oh, and I just thought of this. Glenn would also encourage Rangrim to make a yoke for the girls, because who yep. knows what would happen that way, but hopefully we don't get tapped from our cart in the air <laughs> for a second time. Who Glenn's knows? Glenn's done for the day. Glenn's done until we have a cart. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys are working. Uh, you guys are working away, toiling away. Obviously, um, Melvin doesn't get tired being a warforged, um, so he's kind of, you know, he's taking the brunt of the work, lifting the heavy things, doing whatever else, and like letting uh, Glenn essentially do kind of more of the uh, the directing and, and, and the the finesse work. Um, but yeah, you guys are working through the day um, as uh, Rangrim. Uh, what are uh, what are you starting with? What does this what does this look like? Is your um, kind of preparing uh, and then obviously you'll be most of your day is going to be up uh, above the surface where the anvil is at which now when you go up there uh, you can see has resealed itself together um, and it's just like radiating this beam of light through the entire uh, like hundred foot uh, kind of platform that is in the middle of this lava which I mean yeah, even as you get out there even in the middle of this lava like it's it's sweaty work like it's you're you're it's it's the radiant heat <clears throat> of this volcano is is still very much present um, but like there's just like this greenish yellow beam of energy that is just radiating out of this uh, this platform and this like newly constructed uh, anvil uh, the first thing Rangroom would start on would just be his own armor that he had previously forged at the Dusk Forge mm -hmm getting that juiced up um, and essentially keeping the, the design basically exactly the same, but reworking it at that, that forge, knowing that, you know, we already knew that there's benefits to having things work at both these um, like holy sites. So you'd be doing that as well as adding the um, silver guard to the armor itself. Awesome. Um, I believe there was um there was a dread. What, what was the dragon face on the armor when I got it's it? Bahamut. So it was it originally was platinum armor, and then it, you mixed it with uh, with the with essentially a, a like an iron or like a darker with metal. The, it was with the dark steel, and and you basically turned it into like a Damascus kind yep. of style uh, steel. Okay, so more of like the detail work would be like gilded with the silver guard, That's sick. all around it, and. Um, And he's, I'm also going to make, so after while I'm reforging my armor, I'm going to make uh, Glyn, um, some piece of elven looking jewelry out of it. I don't know what that looks like, but uh, we'll like It's Glyn. a toe ring. It's 100%. It's Cuban links. It's <laughs> thick Cuban links. Like. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so sick. Every elf, every elf wears them. It's so really down. popular. It's so super down. in. And, um. I'm gonna make a set of like, I don't know what you call them. Like Cosmo's character has some like the um, adornments or the jewelry like dwarves would wear in their beards when they're like braided mm -hmm. and all done up nice. And those would be like very dwarven in nature, very angular, like cool looking things as well. Um, and that's what I would do with the first set. Kind of get my own armor going, make all those things. And then I would move on to doing uh, Adna Scimitar, right? Not Chandrel. I'd be hitting that with the same kind of gilding with the Silver Guard. And I wanted to make sure, because I broke it in half, we're going to make sure it can go back together, but like be unscrewed. Okay, so you're pick you're fixing the um, the original like riveting where like it could come into both, uh, separate into two parts. Um, I actually had a question uh, uh, first on your armor. Um, are you doing any kind of uh, any kind of symbology or any kind of um, owed to your two new gods at all on it, even small? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, even just subtle, it would be like on the. like on the wrists of where his gauntlets would cover so they're there and he's aware of them 
That's cool. But not always to all prying eyes would be one on my say on his right and left hand as the symbol of the battle region. On the other hand would be the oath keeper, kind of in reverence because we just got out of that uh, <laughs> um, mess from them. Yep. That's cool. I like that. Um, awesome. Yeah. So um, you uh, so you're working on um, Adna's scimitar, the um, essentially the the kind of faux. Uh, Chandrell scimitar uh, that that well the very the now very deceased Adna um, was once wielding against Glenn, um, and I think yeah so you said or originally that had been um, reforged at the Dawnforge so that or the Duskforge uh, so that it has the abilities of the Duskforge Chandrell does not so um, if you reforge um, Adna scimitar um, here um, and and also code it in the Silver Guard um, it will have. Uh, special abilities for the Dawn and Duskforge, but also then the the Silver Guard covering, um, and then when it comes to Chandrell, um, are you going to be um, are, are you going to be coding that in uh, Silver Guard? Um, I know that previously, like the whole like deforging and reforging of of Chandrell is something that you have not wanted to do because of for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, I think um, Rangrim would definitely ask Glenn, because I think it probably in a moment where he's like got a he's got a rhythm going and he's already like making stuff and he's looking around, he's running out of stuff to make and he just runs over like, oh, Glenn, give me, give me your other one. And by the way, Rangrim is only wearing his Smith's apron because it's hot right now. Oh, That's gosh. the only thing he's wearing and he's very sweaty. Glenn, can I look, I can do this, look it. And he's showing him like the Adding the one, he's like, "Oh, you do it to that one too." Uh, it, you don't need to disconnect it. Uh, definitely, I, I have full faith. Do whatever you want with it. Uh, I'm not afraid of uh, what you can do at this point. So, go nuts if you want to give her a facelift. I'm sure she'd appreciate it. If you want to mix it, mix Chandra with other metals. She probably wouldn't care either. Uh, hey, you got it. Follow your heart. He's gonna throw him Chandrell. And then he's also with he's his gonna... mage hand gonna pour his water flask on top of Rangrim, because I don't know if Rangrim's consumed a liquid in the last like eight hours. So he wants to make sure that he's if, if he's unhydrated, his even, skin's hydrated. Even Rangrim's body, I think, just starts steaming when like you the water hits him. Yeah, it's just exactly. like yeah. steam starts coming off him. He's like, Oh that, oh yeah, that's that's a good idea. I should I should get a drink. You should yeah, just maybe like water. It could be yeah, you know, before, I don't know if we before, have I'm any. gonna I'll go do this first, but then, but he's going to run and I'm going to throw the, the uh, Cuban links to Glenn. Oh, I'm, oh, I made you that too. Dude, this is way too big for my pinky toes. Oh, it's a neck. <laughs> going to put on, put on the I Cuban just, links. The the visual of Rangram just, just <laughs> hammering away at the forge, bare ass, only wearing, <laughs> only wearing a Smith's apron. It was just like the ambient smell of burnt hair all around him. Uh, is just the real, just a real. Like, that's a that's a sight for the eye, for the for the all the senses right there. It could be like a it, yeah, it could be like a perfume commercial. Yeah, it's like oh, slow yeah. motion. He's like hitting something on the anvil, and like a bead of sweat falls off his brow and like hits the hot metal. For no reason, you pick up a guitar and then it's like Dior. What? Yeah, uh, it, Dior. It could <laughs> be like Rangrim's the Swabish. naked dwarf butt just fades <laughs> off it could, into the darkness. It could be like, it can be like the Suavage commercials with the, um, uh, with the, oh my God, fuck, I can't remember his name. Uh, but we, uh, my, I do, my brain does not work today. Johnny it's Depp. been a long day. Johnny Depp, uh, just for whatever reason, digs a hole in the middle of the desert and buries a ring and then dig, then covers it back up. And that's the entire commercial for Suavage. 
So pretty sure that's how we got a divorce from Amber Heard, isn't it? Wasn't it that commercial? <laughs> it's it's exactly yeah, that's exactly it. But <laughs> um, incredible. Uh, yeah. So with that lovely visual and all of our heads and the the, the vast potential for fan art um, that 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 uh, creates. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So what are you uh, what are you doing with Chandrell? Uh, Chandrell, it would just be I'd just be treating it with the silver guard. Awesome. You know, very carefully, maybe like impregnating like that metal into the blade itself, but not very really cool. like. No, I'm not uh, changing the shape of it or any of the design of it. I'm just trying to kind of get that metal worked into the more of the blade of the scimitar. Would you add a new design? Because you've been adding designs as time has passed. Would you add a new graphic? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, there's now a effigy of Glynn with his Adna scimitar split open with both of the blades stabbed through the two draconic skulls of the dragon that we just killed. It's incredibly metal. I love it. Somewhere um, and off as well screen, as, Glenn is going like this. <laughs> and, uh, and as well as working on, um, I'd be making the banding, the wheels for the card, as well as the reforging the donkey's uh, horseshoes. They haven't been shooting in a while, you know, so I'm going to help it's them out too. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's been, uh, it's, uh, it's been quite a journey, so I'm sure that they appreciate that. Um, as you, uh, as you're reforging this, all of this stuff, you see that it kind of, the previous glow of like the kind of violet light that you see when it's nighttime, like you can kind of see now that like in the daytime, it's, it's kind of glowing with this like greenish yellow hue in a similar fashion, but in like, and you would probably assume that once it turns night, it'll just swap to the violet. Um, and of course you can turn, you know, you have the ability to kind of like will that away. Um, but essentially like all these items are, are imbued with the, the light spell that they can essentially like glow whenever you want them to. Um, but yeah, uh, you're able to, uh, you know, get all these things uh, crafted and created. I think that it takes most of the day um, to the point where like you're, you know, by the time you're finished with this crafting work, it's going to be like, you're, you're getting into the, the, the evening to the point where like you're about to lose um yeah anyway it takes it takes majority of the day to complete these tasks but you are absolutely able to do so um is there anything else that you uh you were looking to create um I, as many as i had to be able to hold or you would allow that i could make in the day just whatever scraps left over i'd make some ingots of the uh silver guard for further crafting or bartering or something yeah uh roll me uh roll me 2d6 11. You have 11 ingots. Very well rolled. Awesome. Love that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that um, as uh, as Rangren, as, as the kind of the day is, the daylight is starting to wane and the the light of the Dawnforge is beginning to like kind of subside. It's still glowing. You can tell that it's like, you know, it hasn't returned to its corrupted state. Like it is still like very very the magic is is very powerful um uh, and like i think that glenn and um and melvin are like, putting the final touches on uh the you know the kind of the cart and while the donkeys are being kind of reshoed um I, I yeah i think that the the day has been very successful um you know overall 
And uh, I think that, um, yeah, what's what's Cosmo been doing while the uh, while all this is going on? Aside from just like chilling, chilling hard at hard AF right now and, and punching that meat and uh, running up those stairs. Um, I don't. I think there maybe he's just kind of been um, reminiscing uh, through all of this dwarven armor. Like he's just. Yeah, I think he's just reminiscing, just soaking it all in. You know, dwarven culture is not something that he was immersed in for much of his life. And so this is just another opportunity for him to kind of enjoy that. Absolutely. Um, um, I think that uh, Cosmo, really I think you even... died today. That's fair. You died. Yeah, you damn near died twice. Uh, so um, I think that you, uh, I think as you're going through this vault, I think you uh, stumble on, you know, you're looking at all these incredible artifacts, uh, many of which are just like, they are so reminiscent of home because so many Golden Grim Dwarves made the pilgrimage over here and created things, you know, similar to the things you would have seen at home. Um, and I think that one of the things you you find too is like, um, you find a essentially a journal, like something that this was almost like, there are masterworks of everything and writing is one of those as well. And you find essentially a memoir um, that is uh, telling this uh, telling this story of uh, of like essentially what happened to Golden Grim uh, long before you were born. Uh, be when the city was and you had heard tales of this, um, but it was something that like it, it's more like told in um, you know it, it whispers more than it actually is like something that is like it's told more as like a, a history or, or it's just like a lore like a folklore thing. It's not really talked about uh, like in super depth that you've actually like studied like this. Um, but this is like an incredible, like in-depth and beautifully, uh, you know, like beautifully written uh, retelling of essentially the the fall of Golden Grim, like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, when the essentially a the the city itself and the in the leaders of the city at the time uh, the this this basically this mage that uh, came to power um, and began to convince uh, the denizens of the city that they should forego their corporeal forms and. Uh, essentially become like live their lives in warforges uh like like just choosing to essentially forego their physical forms and become warforges instead um and uh it became a thing where you know at some point the wizard gained enough power that they started forcing it on the members of golden grim uh and it the king at the time uh who essentially wasn't able to when when the resistance got so strong and the, and the, essentially the the uh, the wizard's magic and essentially this army that they un, like unwillingly like against people's will was creating these these warforged soldiers um, was uh, was essentially turned against the king and was trying to uh, overtake the city of Golden Grim uh, and the the king decided to instead uh, lock themselves in their in their chambers and essentially drop the city uh, down underground and. Golden Grim was lost for like hundreds of years, uh, and um, essentially the, this 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 journal goes into like an in-depth retelling of um, of that history. It doesn't you know it doesn't go past that. Essentially, it ends with the city dropped down, um, but it, it it like it's a it's a cool story that you didn't really know um, you you knew but you didn't like you've never known this much detail about it. Um, and I think that that's I think that that kind of immerses you and engrosses you while you are uh, while everyone else is. Um, yeah. you know going going throughout their stuff for the day uh, but it's a cool little uh, cool little story that you uh, get to learn a little bit more history about golden grim nice i like it <laughs> um 
but yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah, I think that Cosmo too. While you're while you're walking around that room, you uh, you look over and you see like those uh, those um, the lockers essentially that have a few different names on them. Um, and uh, I think that as you're as you're looking at them, you uh, you see that one of them slightly open, and you can see that they're actually like they seem like there's some items that are just like in these lockers. Like they are uh, like for whatever reason, like you see um, what looks like in in the um, like in this partially open locker that I don't insert randomly generated uh, dwarven name here uh, basically had. Um, you can see that there are what look like two gauntlets uh, that are uh, of two different colors. Uh, one of them looks like it's made out of gold, and one of them looks like it's made out of kind of like a, a tungsten, like a darker um, a darker metal. Um, do you mess with them at all, or do you uh, leave them where they are? Um, sure. Yeah. Why not? We mess. Oh. Okay. Uh, Cosmo, you uh, you open up the locker and uh, you see uh, these essentially like, these two beautifully crafted gauntlets, um, and you can tell that like these aren't um, they don't seem like they are on the same level of like craftsmanship. Like they're beautifully crafted, but they're not like masterwork, and they're also like they're dirty. Like these things seem like they've been used a lot. Like they seem like they were someone's like items and that have just been like here, but they are like absolutely just covered in dust um, and just sitting in these lockers. Um, but essentially you have these two, uh, these two gauntlets. You don't know much about them, uh, but uh, you have these like, yeah, you have these two beautifully crafted gauntlets. Um, can I, I don't, do they seem magical? I mean, you can roll an arcana check. You would need to detect magic or uh, or uh, identify to really know what these items are. Um, if only you knew a cleric with uh, such potential. Uh, I think actually I do find them and I, I do cast detect magic on them. Okay. Um, this is really interesting. So you cast detect magic. For one thing, the room itself illuminates. Uh, you can tell that the room itself, like I think I always picture detect magic going off and it's like a, it's like a, almost like an EMP where like it just kind of goes off and everything around you uh, like illuminates in this light for you that is magical. Um, a couple things strike you. The entire room itself is magical. The doors on either side are magical. Um, and But the the wall of items that are uh, masterwork, they don't light up. Aside from the Fae Fly and like maybe like, a, like from here or there, maybe like a slight magical property, like nothing on that wall is magical. It's all just like, it is just beautifully crafted, like plus three, like just beautiful work. Um, but you do notice that there are three of the other lockers that there are seemingly glowing items inside of them. Um, were the, I, sorry, I kind of, were the, the gauntlets were magical or no? Yes, uh, sorry, the gauntlets are both very magical, yes. Okay. Um, and I send something from the other lockers. Three other lockers. Three other lockers. Um, is Melvin around? Is he? Uh, Melvin here? is probably currently working with uh, with Glenn um, to uh, to craft the card. I'll say this is probably like midday. Midday. All right. Um, I mean, sensing the magic. Oh, nah. I mean, are the locker? Let's let's say we go to the first locker. Is it is it locked? Um, that's a great question. Let's, uh, let's see. Uh, it is locked. Uh, is there a name on it that seems significant or is it just 
dwarf number three? Uh, yes, it's a very significant name. Uh, let me uh, let me just I'm gonna try to recall it real quick. Um, exactly, Gold. it's a very it's very very important. Um, Gold Brachio. Uh, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. These are such bad names. <laughs> it does. Uh, Hatrin Copperbane uh, is it, it says on there. Um, you know of the of the who could have forgotten the the legendary Hatrin Copperbane. Uh, really, um, it really you know notorious um, in in life for their um, for their crafting abilities. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being locked like Cosmo would uh, move on to the next one. Okay. Um, you uh, you move over to the next one. Let's see if this one's locked. Uh, that one is unlocked. That one belongs to Mulgrill Pebble Fury. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would open the locker and um, what do I what do I see? Um, you open up the locker and uh, you can see that there is a essentially just a massive tome like it is a huge thickly bound book that um even on the cover it's like it's like bound in black leather but it seems like there are like stars moving around almost like there's a galaxy that has like been like embossed onto this but like for whatever reason the actual stars are moving around like a like a galaxy and it's not like this thing itself is a galaxy like you can see that like these are actually like embedded down in and like they're like gilded with most likely like silver or something like that but it's it's imbued with magic in such a way that like it is kind of mimicking a night sky wow um i would maybe take it out does it can i open it um yes uh you you open it up um let me let me look this thing up real quick so i can have it at the ready um, yeah, so this thing is is monstrous, um, and you can see that uh, in the center of it, there is like this, um, or on the side of it, you can see there's like this big red uh, ruby uh, that is embedded on the side. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, as you as you start to as you open it up and start to look through it, um, I mean, I think that you are just immediately out of your depth. Uh, this thing is talking about like planar magic in a way that you just have never like you do not have this your arcana is like you do not have the arcane magic abilities or understanding to know what the hell is going on it's like you just opened up something that's like quantum physics <laughs> like yeah. it, it does it's just so far beyond your realm of understanding um and uh yeah i mean this thing is uh it, it it's a beautiful book and it's very huge um and uh but yeah it doesn't seem to be uh something you can understand easily I think Cosmo would be like, that's too complex for me. And he would close it and put it back in the locker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, awesome. Uh, so you've, uh, you have the gauntlets. You've, uh, you've, you haven't, you weren't able to access uh, the, the second locker. Um, the, the third locker, are you going to try to open that one as well? I think um, Cosmo needs to use the restroom first. So Cosmo, you're in the bathroom of the Dawn Forge. What is that? Give me that incredible detail of what Cosmo's doing. I'm kidding. Um, Cosmo, <laughs> you uh, you return from your bathroom break and are continuing uh, to look at these uh, at this last locker. Um, so Cosmo, as you're you're looking at this last locker, uh, it is it is also locked. <laughs> so uh, you can see that these things have um, they they essentially look like they have 
uh, like little little keypads uh, that are like made out of the metal. Uh, I think maybe they're it's like a six digit keypad that are, have different runes on them. Uh, and these it just basically as you go to open it doesn't doesn't open. Um, I, I think uh, I think that's <laughs> it. I mean, I think Cosmo has the the gauntlets, right? Like, and um, I think in true. Uh, Cosmo fashion, he would maybe kind of wander over to the to uh, go find Melvin. It's just like Melvin, I was exploring um, the armory. What what are what are these? And he would just hold out the gauntlets. Melvin looks over at you uh, and kind of like you see their face like go into like look as prizes. Oh, those are those are incredible. Those are incredibly valuable ceremonial items. How? Why? What are you even doing? Touch? And then he's like, kind of like breaks into into a laughter as he sees you being uh, like, kind of like uh, looking horrified, uh, and goes, oh, "I'm just kidding. I'm. Did you find those in the lockers in there? Well, yeah. This that that locker was uh, was open, and I just was noticing them. And um, well, I mean, I was just curious. Uh, yes, uh, I was. Uh, I... I really haven't known what to do with them. I, I just saw them as I was walking through the first time. It's been a long time since I've been in this vault myself. I, um, I believe that any of the artifacts that were left in those lockers were left in there around before even the dawn and the dusk forge went dark. So likely the owners of those items are long since dead. So. Maybe, uh, I don't really know if there are actual owners to return them to, and they're not really doing anyone any good in those lockers. So um, if they are something that you find you would be able to use in your journey, then I don't see any harm with you taking them with you. Well, I mean, I noticed a, a few other items of the like in those lockers. I didn't want to go prying in case they were under uh, strict protection. Um if there were others to be had, I mean, I don't want to be putting my hands where they're not intended. Ah, uh, yes, that's probably uh, for the best. Uh, I'm. You're saying that there, these lockers were locked. Then you weren't able to access them. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. I didn't look through all of them, but uh, there was a book in one that uh, seemed much mm. too complex for me. But I didn't want to go rummaging through anything that seemed. Uh, I don't know. Last time I went digging through a box, and well, that's for another time. Um, I, I think that uh, I mean, saying that there's a book in a locker, uh, it doesn't really. Melvin's just like, oh yes, there's very interesting folk of many different disciplines that have traveled through the dawn and the dusk forge and made their pilgrimage here. So, I can imagine that you will find all kinds of very <clears throat> interesting and potentially enchanted items in those lockers. Oh, all right. Probably some toothbrushes and personal effects as well. Terrific. I don't know if you need those. Uh, I think we're okay. Uh, Cosmo would wander back to those lockers and uh, now knowing that they're kind of, seems like they're a little free game. Uh, Cosmo's going to go back to one of those lockers and try and pop it open. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, uh, hmm. Okay, here's here's a fun little game for you. Um, you see that there are, I mean, so you, you can see that there are six, essentially a, a pad of six uh, runes that are on there. Um, 
is uh, is there anything that you try? I mean, are you gonna try to just force this thing open or are you gonna try to like guess the combination or pick it? He's kind of looking at you the... had a Glenn with you, didn't you? I will say there's no keyhole at all. Shit, like, this is... <laughs> he's looking at it and he just probably is like, oh man, I knew I should have, I knew I'm not the, I'm not the dwarf for this. I'm not cut out for this. And, uh, yeah, yeah I was going to say, actually, I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to let you figure out I'll, a plan uh, I'll, here. I'll, I, Cosmo reaches into uh, his bag of holding and pulls out this dwarven chisel that he has and is going to try and pop it open. Okay. Um, roll me a, I mean, these things are beautifully crafted They're out of solid <laughs> metal. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'll see if you can um, roll me a, uh, roll me a strength check. 14. I can do math. Uh I rolled uh, much higher uh, for the uh, for the lockers themselves. Uh, you go and put some weight behind it, and you snap that chisel right out uh, as you try to open that locker. Um, and uh, the chisel just falls. Uh, the, the chisel blade falls impotently to the floor. Um, you don't even feel like you made a scratch on these things. Yeah, I knew I should have gotten clean. You you hear Melvin from the other room goes, "Are you trying to open those lockers in there?" Maybe. You'll find it much easier if you come and get this. Cosmo pokes his head around the corner to see what Melvin is holding. Melvin's uh, simultaneously holding up a big, um, a big like piece of like uh, basically metal, while uh, Glenn is like attaching rivets. Um, and you can see that uh, he's holding out in his other hand. It looks like this gold key card that is uh, imbued with the symbols of the dawn of the dusk forge. Um, uh, oh, that... holding it out towards you. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, that will reset the the passwords on there. We did. That's kind of a safe uh, a safe case in case someone forgets it. Oh, uh, that's that's very very uh, good to have on on hand. Very good. Um. So yeah, Cosmo, you go back inside and uh, you can see that kind of in that little slot on the side that you sl you put the chisel in, you tried prying it open with, um, you can see that there is like a little little slot on the side of each of the, uh, the basically like right where the, the door meets the, uh, the casing. All right. And uh, he kind of holds it out and just, what do you do with this thing? You just put it in. Uh, you you slide it in there, and uh, you hear a click, and the uh, the door opens up. Um, inside, uh, you can see that there is a um, a basically a small. Uh, it looks like the thing. You almost think the thing is empty at first, and then you see laying in the middle of it. Um, you see what looks like a small gold ticket, um, and the gold ticket is empty. Essentially, like it has like dwarven runes that are written on it. Um, but you can see that there are like blank spots um, that you can see that the runes are spelling out. Essentially, this is a ticket to a unknown location, um, and the location is left blank. Um, but this uh, essentially, it's a it's a ticket to uh, good to for travel to one location that has not been uh, decided like determined yet. This this seems like uh, this might. <laughs> This seems like a good uh, good way to get into that chocolate factory I've been looking to get into. 
I mean, hey, you know what? That's uh, season two, guys. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very Willy Wonky, Willy Willy Wonky, Willy Wonka <laughs> episode. We're just setting up those things now. Just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know what the 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 imbuement is on this item. You know it's magical. You just don't know um, with what enchantments. All right. Well, this seems useful. I have to uh, <clears throat> ask that about that. And he's like, let's see what's in that third one. Um, absolutely. So. You uh, you slide the, the key card into the last one, and um, this it pops open, and there is something like shoved into here that almost looks like it looks like a belt, but it also seems to kind of come up over your shoulders, and it's almost like um, like a weightlifting kind of thing, or like a lift something to lift heavier things, and it has like this massive symbol on the uh, the center here um, that is. Uh, Basically, it is like a, a dwarven head, uh, but it's it's like wreathed in like kind of fire. Um, and you can see that like this thing is like emanating, uh, kind of emanating heat uh, off of this, like essentially like this kind of extended belt, essentially, uh, that seems like it kind of like could go around uh, your entire body. Interesting. It's... um. Does it seem like it, is it like holds it up maybe around his waist? Does it seem like it fits? As you lift it up to yourself, you see that, uh, yeah, it, it seems like it's designed uh, for uh, someone of dwarven stature. Hmm. Thick right. and, uh, so, so wide and short, <laughs> essentially, wide and, short. and Perfect. small. Just absolutely. Well, maybe Raidengrim will use this one. Who knows? And um, he kind of like, he does take that and the, the ticket and he kind of looks at the book and he's just like, maybe Glenn will be interested in that book. I'll have to, he can come back for that. And, uh, it's just twilight actually guys, just so you know, Glenn is definitely going to have interest in that one. Um, awesome. So are you essentially, are you taking these over to, uh, get identified or what's, what's your plan? I don't know. Cosmo, for the first time, is standing there with an armful of essentially stolen goods at this point. Loot. Loot. <laughs> um, Look at him. Character growth after all this time. Right, just up in the corner, it just says Glenn liked this. Yeah. <laughs> you unlock the achievement, Loot Goblin. Um, Cosmo is just gonna, like, well, I'll just have to figure out what to do with these. And he's just gonna kind of put them in his, his bag of holding for now. Okay. Awesome. Um, I think, well, yeah, then, uh, um, other than that, I think maybe he would wander over and kind of just while Glenn is doing whatever, it's just, Hey, Glenn, there's this, um, uh, book in one of those lockers. You should, uh, you should have a look. I can't read a lick of it. It's probably one you'll like. Feels like a track. It, it's really not. It's, um. <laughs> Well, you think that if it's you, a trap. You, you believe that Cosmo is telling the truth. Okay, thanks. Uh, Melvin's not going to get mad if I. Melvin, you won't care if I go in there. Oh, no, of course. Um, uh, as far as, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, these items are abandoned. Look at it. You can think of it as a, uh, a dwarven lost and found, if you will. Kind of ruins the fun of trying to take it. Okay. Uh, Oh no, yeah, definitely don't take it from us. Uh, oh no, I'll close my eyes. Thanks, Melvin. 
And Glenn's going to, just because Glenn or BK are convinced, uh, he's going to stealth his way into the forge. And if there's like any movement of like the armor or the items, he's going to hightail it out of there. But he's going to very stealthily make his way to the, the locker and from 30 feet away, grab the book and then leave like without a trace. No, yeah, no dwarf ever has to know that Glenn was in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a massive book. Uh, it's 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 huge. Um, so like I mean, think I would. I, I'm assuming it's probably like I'm thinking like a foot and a half tall at least, probably like a good six inches thick. It's it's like uh, the fourth Harry Potter book. Okay, uh, Glenn is very excited as soon as he sees a book that that dense. Um, and probably in the middle of doing something that Melvin needed help with, Glenn probably just sits down and starts reading it. Like okay. just like the first couple chapters until he hears like Melvin go like uh good and then he like comes over to help but I'm sure like as soon as he has it he goes and like just takes an impromptu break. I love it. Um, yeah. So I I uh, I think that you know you're able to uh you're just all you're thinking about is the book while you're trying to wrap up the uh the the kind of final uh you know additions to the cart. Um, but yeah, I think that um I think we can jump uh to to like the evening. I think that um you know the cart has been fully completed uh, to your new specifications and it's beautiful and it's gleaming and it's uh, it's I mean uh, dare I say uh, even more beautiful than the kind of ramp the uh, the the armored null cart that it originally was um, now that this thing has been basically reforged completely from scratch um, and uh, you know I think that you know as darkness kind of uh, sets in like the room is like now comfortably lit by all of the uh, all of these like magical torches that are kind of like lightly flickering with that kind of like yellowish green uh glow casting like a ghostly uh hue around this place but it still feels like you know comfortable uh everything feels like warmer now in this space uh, especially with the forge lit that's kind of kind of counterbalancing that uh, greenish glow with kind of like the warm hue of the, the forge itself um and even down the hallways to like the the rooms beyond to like the the kitchen and the you know the bedrooms and everything else that like this kind of the, the common room spaces that are are off of this uh this main uh forge area um, yeah, I think that, you know, Melvin is, uh, has kind of like started to, uh, busy himself has bringing, uh, food and stuff like that over from the, the Dawn Forge or the Dusk Forge over to the Dawn Forge, um, and is kind of starting to, uh, kind of prepare a dinner, um, and, uh, just busying himself in the kitchen, uh, while you, the three of you are able to finally like set down and like, essentially it's been a, it's been a long, like 24 hours essentially of like, this is the like basically this is the first time you've been able to rest since like you lost you lost Bryn like Bryn when when Bryn died like you were you were fighting Chikar Cosmo died you fought a two-headed dragon down in the in the depths of uh of you know of the Dawnforge and discovered that the the ancient dragon that you were trying to bring onto your side is has been the cause of some of your problems the entire time and uh, will likely be a problem in your future as well. Um, and I think that a lot of those things are probably going through all of your minds as you are kind of sitting down and uh, Melvin is kind of like putting some very like hearty stew uh, bowls out in front of you at this like scrubbed like stone table essentially that's in the middle of this, this dining area. Um, and uh, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, 
basically just kind of sets these bowls down and uh, isn't eating himself, but is uh, busying himself with kind of, uh, you see him pull a little knife out of his pocket and is like carving uh, this little like piece of, uh, this little piece of stick uh, just around the table, just kind of like practicing some some carving. Maybe it's something he does in his, his vast amount of free time that he has. <laughs> Thank you for making food, Melvin. I know you're not gonna eat me. It's awfully kind of you. Of course, I'm happy to provide. It's uh, the least I can do with uh, what you've been able to to do for me here. This is, I didn't know whether I would see this, uh, both the forges relit and um, because of the three of you, I, I've seen just that. So thank you. I think a lot of that work might've been our, our friend Cosmo here. Uh, Cosmo, have you had like any 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 godly twitches or any any weird feelings <laughs> since you've been here since uh you've kind of sparked both of these places i imagine you gotta be teeming with all that sun rotation energy uh you know i i thought maybe i would feel a little bit different but um no not not really there hasn't really been been much uh much there uh, kind of turning towards Melvin and just to bring you up to speed in about two and a half seconds uh, I've died twice now and uh, both times when I do I go to some sort of middle ground and um, we've determined I'm whatever they call the avatar of Moradin likely he's got a, he's got a new title from Cosmo Head Smasher to Cosmo Head Smasher Avatar <laughs> Morden. So, um, I don't know what it means, or I don't know, but if, I don't know, maybe. So, know. we, we kind of thought that there would be something that would happen when the Dawn Forge was restored and the passage was opened, but um, nothing really seemed to happen or change for me. Oh yeah, you're about to get some new friends, Melvin. We have a whole group of people up north who are chomping at the bits to partake in some of this old god uh, shenanigans. So, brace yourself. Once we kind of leave this place, I think we have to let them know pretty dang soon. So, uh, don't be surprised if a bunch of people call themselves the Revivifists find a way over here. Just, if you want to be in cool with them, just... You know, fuck the new gods when you when they get here, and you'll be fine. Uh, yes, that uh, does put me in quite a uh, difficult position, as as you know, I may have been familiar with the uh, the heroes that became the Seven uh, earlier in my life, but I'm also quite a devotee to Morden himself, so. It's uh it's a bit of a complicated relationship there. I would uh leave the ladder. You're telling me. <laughs> um as for being the avatar of, of Morden, if that is in, indeed true, Cosmo, I've seen you do some incredible things and you were able to open the Dusk Forge after it had been locked for many years and you were well, with with the help of uh with all three of you here were able to uh, access and cleanse this uh, this this one as well. So I don't know what should have happened or what your expectations were, but 
I wouldn't discount the fact that what you were able to accomplish here was no small feat, nor was it something that anyone else could have done. So just be be content with that, maybe, if that's possible. Um, I'm f- I think I'm fi- coming to terms with that. Being, uh, being content, it's, it's strange. Uh, content with maybe having part of a god in you, that's, that's kind of weird. You gotta kind of figure out that, you gotta settle that up with yourself. But, uh, you know, just trying to hopefully do what I need to do. Or supposed to do, or can do, or believe I'm supposed to do. Yeah. He, um, I think he sets a, a heavy heart, a heavy hand on your shoulder and this Cosmo, I, I understand. And I, I, I feel for you. I do. And he kind of like taps his metal body and goes, this body was gifted to me by one of those that went on to become the seven themselves. So I understand more than, you know, that there is a level of feeling like you need to accomplish something when you have been given such a great gift. And all I can say is that maybe it's not if you'll find out, but when. I, my feeling is that maybe just the time isn't right, Cosmo. Or maybe there are still milestones to hit before the full Reasoning for your situation is revealed to you. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Suppose. Well, maybe you just need a good night's sleep. That too. It's been a long day. That sounds amazing. Have you, like, built a hot tub at the Dawnforge, or the Dustforge yet? Oh, um, I believe there is a, a, there's a spring down the hall, uh, pulling from the volcano itself, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, that's actually something that the Dusk Forge doesn't have, but because of the uh, the thermodynamics of this location, there is actually a uh, a warm spring. Lin's already like out of the room. He's like finished his food, he's already, yeah, he's going straight to the hot tub. God. Cosmo looks Gonna at him. Gonna go take a hot tub nap. Cosmo looks at him and he's like, I thought you'd never been here before. I've heard, st- I've heard stories. Right. From like down the hallway here, Glenn, you're back. Uh, also, Melvin, don't forget the giant soul stone if you get bored. If you could bring that up, it's probably something we could do with that. Um, your splash. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, question uh, I know Glenn has the book. Um, did you ask Rangrim to help you identify it at any point? Uh, Glenn is capable of doing that himself. Uh, oh. So it's going to do that post post nappy time, but can do that pre nappy okay. time as well. It's up to you. I didn't know if you were going to be reading it in the in the bath. Uh, Glenn is spent in almost every metric available in D and D Beyond, so <laughs> Glenn is going to <laughs> okay. uh, not use his lacking first level spells to cast insect magic because your boy can't. That's fair. Um, okay, uh, I, I assume is there is there a chance then that Glenn falls asleep in the hot tub? 100%. That is where Glenn okay. is sleeping, is in the hot tub. <laughs> okay. 
Um, what are uh, what are Rain Group and Cosmo doing? Um, while this whole interaction was happening with Melvin, I feel like they're all thanking him for the food. Rain Groom came in, like th- thanked him, started eating pretty ravenously, and then just like passed out, like face down, like in his bowl of like stew. Just because we went from all that fighting to that, and then he just went like full day heavy work yeah. and swinging a hammer. So he's just passed out, still like only wearing his Smith robe, but just like passed out in his like stew at the table. Like, he'd, he'd, eaten, he'd eaten just enough that you guys aren't, the drowning isn't a concern, but his face <laughs> is in it and there's like snoring and there's like some broth spattering as he's sleeping <laughs> in it. At some point, Glenn and Cosmo were like watching on the fact that we haven't heard Rangroom say a single word all day. Like at one point, <laughs> Glenn and Cosmo were like hanging out by the water cooler, hydrating. They're like, "Have you seen Rangroom today? I, I think he's been, I think he's been in that forge that whole time." Oh man, uh, I think um, even though it's been such a long day for him, like. Uh, Cosmo's just kind of taking it in and and I think maybe he just unrolls his bedroll like kind of just like in the armory uh he's just he feels weirdly close to a lot of that space I don't know like he's feel he he's kind of like caught up again like dying again you know like what is this he's messes with his head he doesn't really know what you know like he thought he knew what he wanted to die for but can't (laughs) Uh, yeah and uh, i think that that's maybe where he kind of turns in okay um yeah so i mean i think that you all sleep better than uh you have in in quite some time when i say sleep better than you have i think you sleep hard you Get a long rest, but I think that there is a lot going on in all of your minds. Um, I think that you are all haunted by the death of Bryn, the the final battle, like that that last battle with Jakar, the disembodied heads of the Silverstream and Bronze Guard dragons. You are just all haunted by all these things. Watching as um, I think Glenn, particular in your mind, you are one of the only ones who have seen Rainier in like in any kind of form. And I think that you have a dream that where Rainier is like reaching out for you through the bars of that cage, and then you see them like morph into Jakar in front of you, and Jakar swallows you whole. Rangrim, you have a you have a dream where. Bryn is reaching out towards you and you see his chest burst open and you're just like unable to get to him to save him. Um, and Cosmo, I think there's a lot of everything, but I think that one of the things that you notice in your dream is that throughout all of these, these dreams, you feel like there is a figure that is there, like th- that is someone that is kind of like there with you and wherever you turn, you can't see them. But like in all these dreams where you are like, essentially like being haunted by these uh, disembodied heads of these these dragons who were just tortured in in <laughs> essentially and used um by uh Goldbreak. I, I think that um you know you're you're seeing like this twisted form of this uh of of, of Chikar and all of these just monstrosities that Goldbreak has created. Um but I think the entire time you feel like there's another presence there. And Cosmo when you wake up in the morning you do feel different. And whether it is just that you've had a long night's sleep or something more, but 
I think when you wake up, uh, I think that maybe you were in a uh, in in particularly scary part of the dream where Chakar is like, you know, barreling down on you, and you reach over and you grab Chet off your uh, essentially off the side table, and I think it surprises you because it illuminates in this like electrical energy that like bounces around the room and you feel like something is different. Something that was previously like locked behind a door um, is that door is no longer closed and there is a fount of magic that is now available to you um, that uh, kind of takes you by surprise. Um, but I think as the three of you are waking up from your, well, long rest, but not a restful night's sleep, um, I think that is where we're going to leave the session tonight as, uh, as we leave you all in this kind of middle ground where um, while you are rested, there is still clearly a, a lot ahead of you. Um, I don't like the fact that uh, Jakar is visiting us in our dreams. Right. Oh. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.